Welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Hines, alongside my brother and co-host. That's me. And uh, we're discussing comic books that we grew up loving and reading and rereading and talking about. And now we are talking about them to you. And this is a sort of a trailer for season four. Season, we are going to go over a comic book called Justice League. Have you heard of the Justice League? Have you, comic book fan? Have you? If you haven't, you are a fraud. Yeah. Also, if you have, it might not be this one. The Justice League you're thinking of might be the one popularized in the movie and in the cartoons and in most of the comics. Uh, But this was during an era when the team was comprised of B and C and maybe even D-list heroes. Title that eventually became known as Justice League International, popular in the late 1980s. Um, created or co-created, I suppose, by Keith Giffen um, with a, a few great collaborators. Uh, James DeMattis, who scripted it. Kevin McGuire, who was the first penciler. Uh, Al Gordon was the inker for most of the first year, at least. Uh, and this was sort of a clubhouse sitcom Justice League comic. It still had some of the superheroics and action, but it also had bickering and goofiness and dad jokes. Of comedy characters and the way they interacted with each other was a lot of fun. And Kevin and I loved this book right away, uh, and a lot of people did. It was a hit. Um, and we and as we say in the episodes that you're about to hear, if you keep listening. Um, we one of the significant things was this was a really lighthearted comic during a period when comics were all trying to be really serious and gritty. Yeah, comics were trying to prove themselves to be for adults and not just for kids. And Justice League said, eh, we're for everybody. We're silly. Yeah, this is an era that The Dark Knight Returns by Frank Miller had come out that showed a uh, Batman coming out of retirement and being, um, you know, tough and gritty and an extra violent series of villains. Yeah. It's a Batman who's not afraid to break a leg. Yeah. And then there was Watchmen, which was like this very cynical, sort of brutal look at the superhero genre. And both those things had been critically acclaimed and huge commercial hits. And they really set the tone for like everybody trying to outdo themselves with meanness. And then Justice League International came around, which made Star Trek jokes every couple issues. Being obsessed with Oreo cookies. Um, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold try to get rich quick every now and then, like they're from I Love Lucy. <laughs> yeah, and um, and it's really fun. And the comic, I mean, I, this again, it was a hit comic, and Kevin and I also loved it. So what we're going to do is every episode of this season, we're going to go over another issue, starting with issue one. Yeah, and we're going to do uh, at the, least the first eight. We might go up to like five or six hundred, but we're at least going to go the first right. eight. It didn't run five or six hundred, so once you get to like in the 80s, we'll start making our own. Yeah, but... Uh, we're at least going to do the first uh, seven or uh, eight, eight or so, and then and we'll see where we where we stand. But um, yeah, I'm excited to go over him. Yeah, uh, Keith Giffen was a important creator, I think, to us. Keith Giffen, I mean, from uh, he did a lot of things, but the at the time that Justice League came out, which was 1987, we knew of him, or maybe just even I knew of him as the writer of a miniseries called Ambush Bug which had been like a truly straight-up comedy miniseries um, from DC Comics featuring a character that Giffen had created some years earlier. And it was really funny and hilarious. We might even do Ambush Bug someday. 
But um, so I Keith Giffen was already on my radar for that. Before that, he was mainly known as like a penciler for like a Legion of Superheroes. I think he wrote some like for Defenders at Marvel and things like that. But he had not really made himself. This made him uh, big time for a while. And we and we love him. So Keith Giffen is always a th- thumbs up in my. What Keith Giffen also didn't he popularize Guardians of the Galaxy? He didn't create it, but he's the guy that sort of solidified. No, he... He created everything but the name. He put Groot and Rocket Raccoon and Star-Lord on a team together. Okay, yeah. So he's sort of like a mini series that led into the regular series of Guardians of the Galaxy. Got the touch. Uh, He And, and, you know, actually, that's a good example because just like how Guardians, the movie property, is kind of like funnier and sillier than your average Marvel superhero property, that's kind of what Justice League is to DC, right? It's like... It's a bit more, even though, even though Keith Given has nothing to do with the movie or anything, it does sort of coincidentally has the same sort of dynamic as like Justice League did. Keith Giffen took Star-Lord, who had been in maybe a dozen comics, uh, and made him a central player in Marvel's like outer space comic books. Then he took Groot, who had been in, I think, one comic, because he was just a Marvel monster from the Jack Kirby days. And put him on the team because he thought it was fun. And then took a Rocket Raccoon who had like shown up some like weird Hulk comics and maybe a miniseries weirdly drawn by Mike Mignola. Um, but Rocket Raccoon was a joke character. He's a car- he's a funny animal character. Yeah. He just said, eh, they're all real and I'll put them together. And so um, you're, you're probably uh, familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy. So we're taking you back to Justice League where a yeah, lot we're not of that- doing Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> that would be a popular choice. That would make a smart, savvy choice. Um, we said, you want to learn more about Guy Gardner, Blue Beetle, Fire and Ice, Rocket Red, Oberon. Yeah, the, one of the many great things about this comic is it does take sort of not quite also ran heroes, but heroes who just were not the premier DC properties. You know, the premier DC properties are like Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, you know, Green Lantern. Those are your first heroes you think about when you think about DC comics. Yeah. All we get is Batman. Yeah, we get Batman and then a bunch of kind of randos. And uh, it, honestly, the title, I think, is better for it. Yeah. Um, so that should be released. That should be soon. Please listen. If you want to read ahead, get a hold of Justice League number one from uh, the 1980s. Yeah, there's and a couple uh, good collections of these. Um there's one from a while back um, where they released, I think, six volumes of Justice League International. Um, but they just very recently also released like a, a larger volume that I think collects the first 12 issues. Uh, I don't know the names of either of those titles, but if you search Justice League International on Amazon or go to your comic book shops and say, give me Justice League Internationals, there's collections that have been recent and are probably on the shelves. Out into the void. I want Justice League. And Keith Given himself will bring you a trade paperback. Yeah. Kevin McGuire will be there to to sign it. I hope you guys hope you guys enjoy it. That's that's what we're looking forward to this season. Uh, send us emails. All right, we have an email. Uh, Screw it, Spidey at Gmail. Uh, that's left over from our first season when we were all about Spider Man only. Um, Screw it, Spidey at Gmail. We also have an Instagram, Screw it Comics, and a yeah, corresponding and- Twitter account, Screw it Comics. It's a visual medium, and we're doing it on an audio platform, so we post a lot of images on our Instagram account. As entrepreneurs is smart. Like, Kevin and I are basically built for pop success. Our instincts are infallible. Yeah, we take the most popular movies, we avoid them. We do not pick them. And then we, we non-artists, describe visual images to you over the microphone. Um, do the things that we are talking about. Uh, describe it over... Well, Kevin, you actually draw, but... 
Uh, not well. Not like Kevin McGuire. And um, so, I, yeah. Not drawing as good as Kevin McGuire is basically a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> You're no Van Gogh is basically <laughs> yeah. it, not an insult. It's like, I don't know what that means. In casual conversation, I'm always comparing people to Kevin McGuire. And they're like, who? And then the conversation is over and I don't have to explain myself. Okay. I mostly talk to people about Blue Beetle. Yeah. Uh, they it, get they get it. Yeah, they, they really are. They you win them over pretty fast. They're like Charlton era or DC era. <laughs> yeah, they're super. They're deep cut Blue Beetle fans. Uh, original Blue Beetle or Steve Ditko Blue Beetle? <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Hey, oh, Char- so it is Charlton. Okay, well, let's let's dig in deep. Somebody comes like across the party. Well, I'm more of a Night Owl from Watchmen fan. I feel he's actually the truest Blue Beetle in our dream parties and our fantasies that never exist. Yeah. That's why I don't get invited to as many parties as I should. Or any. Okay. That's fair. So, um, guys, let's wrap it up. And uh, we'll see you next episode. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. Bye. Bye. Screw it. Screw it. We're just going to talk about comics. This is Patrick. And this is Mark, co-host of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we're your home for all things Nintendo. On Tuesday, we're talking about the latest Nintendo news. And on Thursday, we're doing deep dives into specific corners of the Nintendo universe. Ranking the Koopa Kids. Determining who the best Smash Fighter is. That's Nintendo Cartridge Society on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.